Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Morning, church. How are we doing today? Blessed, great, good. I like it. I like it. My name's Ben, and uh, I have the privilege of serving as your pastor here. And if you're new with us, this is your first Sunday. What a, what a Sunday to come. Um, but let me be, hopefully not the first, but let me welcome you into this house of the Lord. I'm just going to get right, right into it today. Uh, today's a day that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Um, today's a day where, where I just get to share my heart with you. And, and I get to share with you what the Lord's been, been doing and what he's been up to. I'm a dreamer, all right? This is a, something you need to know about me is I like to, as much as I like doing things, um, I have a tendency to just sometimes have my head in the clouds. That can be like the, the, uh, the, the dreaming piece, the, the, the negative piece of the dreaming piece. And it's great, but if I'm not focused, I lose sight of what's God, what God's doing in front of me, right? And so like dreamers, if you're, if you're a dreamer, like, hey, it's free. You can, you can spend all the time you want doing it. But at the end of the day... Um, we have, to, we, have to be, we have to be sensitive to where the Lord's leading and, and what he's been up to and, and, and stay focused. And so last year, the word gave me, tomorrow marks one year since, the, since our, our transition, in case you didn't know that, uh, from a pastoral standpoint. And it's amazing as I reflect and I look back all that the Lord's done, but one thing he did was he gave me a word for last year and it was focus. And so I've tried to stay attentive to what the Lord has been doing, what he's been showing me and... Um, the first, the first thing we, we did was we went on an eight-week series on spiritual disciplines, right? Stay focused, keep the main thing the main thing. And that's what we did. And it was, it was, it was for me to, to just help uh, just as we, as we uh, move through this time of transition and, and started it. But today I called it Vision Sunday because, you see, dreams can be vague. They can be, uh, they can be chaotic, right? When you dream, you wake up from a dream and you're like, what was that thing about? Right? Like you're like, I don't know what that meant. So, so that's why it's not Dream Sunday because I go into some of these guys' offices or some of these ladies' offices and as soon as I start sharing my dreams with them of what I, what I hope, like some grand big picture, uh, their eyes get really big and it can be scary at times if you hear someone's dream, especially if they're uh, your oversight. And it's like, what did you say you want to do? Um. But what happens is, is, is vision then is meant to bring, bring clarity to the chaos. So in the dreams that, 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 that the Lord has been instilling in me and what I've observed in the life of this church, it's meant to bring clarity um, to that. That's what vision is, is we celebrate. Today is all about celebrating what God has done and actively pursuing and engaging what we believe that he's going to, to do over this next year and beyond. And this, this, this Vision Sunday, uh, you know, my hope is to have these twice a year. 
Uh, you're like, well, why isn't it on, you know, in January? New year, new whatever. But the reality is a lot of us are entering into new seasons, right? In our, in our families, in our, uh, in our time. And so fall just lends itself to a time where we refocus, we regroup, we re-engage. And so that's what we're here to do today is what I, my hope is to, to, um, to share with you. The proverb says it this way. I love this. The, the New King James Version is where there is no vision, the people perish. But I love this. It says, if people, this is the message, Eugene Peterson's message kind of version commentary says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. You see, vision, I'll say it again, takes chaos and brings clarity to it. And my hope for today is to do just that, to share with you what God has been up to over this past year, and then to remind you what I believe that, that he has his hand on as we move forward. To be people of intentionality, D.L. Moody writes that our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding in something that doesn't really matter. And, and when there's no vision and when there's no clarity, then we, we're tossed to and to and fro, right? We're, we're, we're not tethered to anything. And, and so, so we, can, we can have a tendency to just, to just roll wherever the, the river rages, right? But if we're anchored, if, there, if our firm foundation is in Christ, we just sang about it. We remember all that God has done for us and we press into where we believe he's taking us. And so that's what we're meant to do today. Vision is the voice of the Lord within you to partner with him in what he wants you to do. As I was wrestling with this week, this is what, what became evident to me is, is this, this, these two words of Vision Sunday was daunting to me because it's like, I need to have this like grand revelation of what, and I need to reveal it and we need to have this huge, huge thing. And the Lord reminded me, Ben, remember what I've done. Seek me. And just come alongside what I'm already doing. And as I've reflected on this last year, he began to show me that I don't, he said, I don't need your vision for my church. I need you to get on board with what I'm doing. And so today, I want you to hear what the Lord's been up to, what we get to be a part of, and where I believe he's taking us um, in these next days and weeks and months to come. And so where have we been? What's God been up to? He's been faithful, right? We just sang about it. I hope that you remember that, that, we, that he has been faithful. And through this, through this last year, 364 days, but, but even longer than that, he's continued to remain steadfast in, in bringing unity, bringing healing, bringing perseverance, bringing renewal, bringing recommitment. It's been amazing as I've watched in the lives of each of you just grow more and more dedicated into the faithfulness of God. Because you see, holiness, and that's what we're about, that's what sanct the sanctified life, our, our, our mission statement, next steps, is essentially growing in our sanctified life. Okay, we, we exist to equip people in taking their next steps. So pursue, pursue holiness. That's everyone's next step. And as I've, as I've observed that, it's just been so so amazing to see and, and, and it's not about trying harder right it's about it's about letting go and allowing the Lord to work in you and through you 
And so he's brought unity. He's brought healing. He continues to do that. And over this last year, we've stayed committed to uh, preaching Christ. Above all things, we spent 26 weeks in the Gospel of Luke. Where we just walked through and shared what, we just shared Christ with you. And in Colossians, we just spent another 13 weeks walking through Colossians together in revealing the nature of Christ and his desire for us and this idea of being built up in Christ and what that looks like and that he is over all things. But we've also been engaged in our community this last year. This year was our 20th year and upward. This year, we capped our program at 230 students. It takes over 100 people, to my best estimate, to run our upward ministry well. We, collab- we started collaborating with other churches, working with uh, churches like Crossroads to, um, for, for, for coaches and for, uh, for referees so that we might share Christ with our community. It's one way that we've been engaged in our community. We've been on, on mission and it's what the Lord has started in this and we just celebrated 20 years of the Lord doing that. Our NAPNAS Community Preschool is another um, way that we've stayed engaged in our, our community. We have 29 students in that. Do you know 70% of them are not, uh, NAPNAS is not their home church. They're either part of another church or they're, they're unchurched. And so we remain mission true that it's truly the communi- a community preschool. We're outward focused. It's not about uh, training up our own people in this holy huddle idea, but it's about sharing Christ. And we use our facilities to do that. And, and we go beyond our walls and you'll see that. But I don't know if you know this, but um, we're entering a season where our chairs are like, this is the only time they're, they're like this throughout the week, pretty much. Because the rest of the week, they're opened up and they're reconfigured for us to do ministry. Because how are we stewarding our facilities? How are we always maximizing that for the Lord? You know, one of the other things that the Lord's been, been stirring and been doing a little over three years ago, um, LifeWise came to town for us. And it has been so remarkable. And I'll speak for Napoleon because that was kind of what I've been, but, but Patrick Henry, every, every Patrick Henry, Tenora, Defiance, Liberty Center, Holgate, all we were doing was tapping into what God was preparing in the soil and we just put legs to it, right? And so it came to town and it, it's, it's this, it's release time for students to, to share the gospel with them during the school hours. Bringing back a culture of sharing the gospel during the school day. And in Napoleon, we started with grades K through three. It was a little over 100 students. I remember in October when we launched. Today, We've grown three grades. We serve seven grades. We see over 560 students every week in Napoleon alone. That's over 65% of the students. Yeah, you can clap for that. Like this is what the Lord is doing. And all all he's asking of us is, are you going to come along with me in this? Or are you going to sit there and I'll find someone else? Right? And, And for us to be a people actively on mission, engaged in our community, and engaged with the word, to love God, to love others, and to make disciples, right? That's the, that's the great commission, the great commandment. Is he's like, I'm, I'm already starting stuff. Are you going to come along or not? 
And so it began very apparent, uh, apparent to me that the vision for this church is the Lord's. Like it's just, it's just partnering with what he's already doing. And if he's got his thumb on something, we say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're pursuing. So I've got some pictures today. I'm, I'm straying here. So one of the cool things about this, 560 students, we had to expand our, our classrooms at, at Napoleon. And you'll hear about this in a couple weeks. But uh, uh, sixth grade, we, hit, we had to bring on another teacher. How cool is that to be able to do that? Um, our, our vacation Bible school, again, we, we partnered with Crossroads in the community engagement standpoint. We saw over 200 children come through. 70% of them we were unable to identify as, uh, with a church home. Or uh, 70 of those kids. Not 70%. 70 of those kids. So, so again, we're sharing, the, we're evangelizing, we're, we're, we're making disciples and we're, we're training kids up. We are outward focused. It's been so good to see all that the Lord has been doing. Our NAPNAS 5K this year netted over $8,000 for our city. Because of our just simple presence in the community, there's new playgrounds going up. There's, there's uh, partnerships, strategic partnerships that I wish you could see some of the relationships out of this, of just the goodwill gestures of saying, hey, we're part of this community. We're invested in it too. No strings attached. The relational equity that's formed between us and our community. where We are able to do even greater things for the gospel and advancement just because we want them to know that we are here. Good grief, our Serve Sunday, over 200 people. 200 people from Napnaz join in our Serve Sunday, caring for people in their homes, serving in parks, serving our schools by simply cleaning up, serving people within our own church by helping them out, lending a helping hand. Because the, re- the reality is we're better together, right? We were, able to, we were even able to share Christ with people as we worked on their homes and maybe they weren't believers. Stuffed bears for different ministries. Of course, we came together and celebrated and had hot dogs and talked about the day that was. You see, it's good to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness, of where we've been, because we're always so focused on what's next that if we don't pause and we reflect, now how can we know where God's fully leading us into? We sent, what, 26, 23 people to the DR? We tapped into a passion of someone in our church who was just sensitive to the Lord's call. We mobilized a whole team of people now to share the gospel with people that, and, and, and to be blessed in return, right? We sent another eight to Appalachia Reach Out, not to mention the truckload of stuff that we have partnered with them to send. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so many for, I mean, I could just look around the room and just start calling people off. Because this is the church. Okay, it's so much more than one hour. What are we doing in the other 167? And guess what? Where are you in the other 167? You're out there. So that's why community engagement for us is so important. We served at the fair stand. 
right? Some of you braved it hesitantly, but you started to see the value of that community engagement. And I can't tell you how many conversations outside of that stand as I walked out, it's like, hey, I haven't seen that person in so long. And in the ministry that happens, because we're just centrally located. And in the mean, so we're just serving, we're just serving them burgers and dogs, right? And all these things. But the bigger mission that's happening, the deeper place that this comes from is out of our core values. It's out of who we are. And I'll get to that in a moment. You see, locally inside this church, in the year of transition, in a year of uh, ups and downs in the economy, I guess, we saw a 12% increase in generosity. Just people just being faithful to the Lord. We saw a 10% increase in, in growth, and it's not numeric growth that I'm seeing, it's the qualitative growth of just people wanting to be fully committed and to grow deeper in Christ. We baptized people. People made decisions for Christ. We sent, we sent students off to NYC, right? Nazarene Youth Conference. That's a ton of money and it's a group effort. I'll tell you, those kids, the Lord's continuing to work in them. Because the mission of the church is to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. And if we're not careful, then the, the 5K that we do or the fair stand that we do or all these other things can be about those things instead of about the bigger picture. What's, what's the Lord doing in between the lines? These just certain things that we do just position us for ministry. They're not overtly standing out on a corner and, and yelling Jesus. But it's in a still small voice. How can I come along? How can I discern? How can I embody what this looks like and to just be Jesus to the person that I'm just serving today. And so here at NAPNAS, we have three core values. Worship, connect, serve. And I want to spend a few moments talking about those today. Why they are what they are because if they're just words on a wall, why do we, why do we even have them, Right? But we understand the, the essence of core values, right? Maybe, maybe your family has core values, like, like, like trust, love, and respect, or uh, responsibility and empathy and love. Either way, love's probably in there somewhere if you're a family, right? And the whole idea of core values is to say, hey, these, we, this is where we want to be as a family, and we know that if we live into these things, that this will get us to, we will become what we hope to be. Right, a family, and, and so, and, and businesses have these, right? And uh, our school has this, teachers, right? Wildcat way, safe, responsible, and respectful. And I know it because they say it all the time. But that's the point is because the whole idea about this is to embody these things, right? That, that in the schools, they know that if, if students are safe, responsible, and respectful, that it'll lead to greater outcomes and a better learning environment. Right? And, and so essentially, like, that's what they do. That's what they talk about. That's what they work to embody. And the, the, the reality of core values is that you don't just like embody one and then put that aside and then do the next one and then do the next one, right? Like this, it's, it's a holistic kind of thing of like, of like being all of these things at one time. 
And so for us, you know, we could have a tendency to say, okay, I, I, I worship here and I connect in my group and, and I serve out there. But the, the idea is to, to move these words to uh, less, less, from a, less as a system and more as just embodying like this is who we are. Because I love God, love others, and I'm called to make disciples. We embody what these are. So I want to talk about these for, for a few minutes. And as, um, as we lean into this, to worship. First one. Means to surrender daily to God. This idea of, of, of embodying what it means to be a person of worship, of loving God, and, and is, is surrendering daily to Him. I love the words of the psalmist here. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Because surrendering daily means cultivating this lifestyle of prayer and praise. To put, the, put God's words on your mouth. To sing of what he's done. It's to, it's to um, here's a challenge for you this week. Turn off the oldies and the country and the whatever. And fill your mind with, with truth about who God says he is. That's what it means to embody that. Not just coming in here and singing four songs. That's not, that's not what we mean by this. But it's, it's surrendering daily to who God is. And we, we do this by letting his words ever be on my mouth. And as, as I meditate on him, I embody what it means to worship him fully, to love him fully. In this act of, of surrendering daily to him, we begin to cultivate this lifestyle of prayer and praise, it just starts to come out of us, right? Because you, you, you are what you eat. You become like that which you, it's input-output. That's what it is. And so the things you expose yourself to, you become like those things, right? The people you put yourself around, we'll get to that. You become like these things. And so you begin, if you live into this, to cultivate. I have a t- Here's a place to start for you because I want to make this practical today. We've got a Spotify playlist. Every song that we do here on Sunday morning, if you don't know where to start, K-Love, WBCL, whatever, if you have Spotify, we have put together a playlist of every song. So you could carry it with you and the songs that we sing here, you can, you can start, allow those to permeate your heart all in an effort to cultivate this lifestyle of prayer and praise. The second piece of loving God, the second piece of, of embodying what it looks like to worship is to be devoted to Scripture. Surrendering daily means d- d- learning and discovering God. And where do we learn about Him at? In the Word, right? In prayer and in the Word. And so this is what we mean. We say we're people who worship God, who love God. Next is uh, this question here. If God needs to get a hold of you, can he? Because to surrender daily to God means creating space for him. So often he speaks in the quiet, right? His voice wasn't in the wind or the rain or the thunderstorm. It was in that still small voice. If God needs to get a hold of you, can he? Sometimes he does. And then 
we move on to connect. Connect is what we, when we begin to love what God loves and we love his people, right? We love his people. We want to, we want to um, love on his people the way that Christ loved on his people. And so to know God, to love God, is to love the things that he loves. And so it calls us to this commitment to community, this commitment to uh, cultivate this, this lifestyle of community. It's the early church, right, where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, to prayer and breaking of bread and to fellowships. The early church knew that to grow in Christ, to love God more fully, they needed to, to now live into loving others more fully. And two things were true about them. They were committed to community and they were united in Christ. Christ is the head. Ephesians tells us to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. We know that church is broken. We know that church is messy. We know that, that all these things happen. But if we stay focused on Christ, we stay unified with one another. If we love one another, serve one another, we can live out what it looks like to be people who, who connect In the last piece, we serve in order to make disciples. We serve in order to make disciples that 1 Thessalonians 3.12 tells us to make your love increase. That's our desire and overflow to each other. That's Paul's prayer here is that their love may increase and they're over, to overflow onto each other to serve. So we're built up in Christ, right? We love one another and we've called to serve. And to give. We overflow on each other because we're filled with compassion. The message of Christ leads us to compassion. Leads us towards the lost, towards the least of these, towards the down and out. It's our compassion that leads the way for us to share the gospel in, the, in, in our preschool and in LifeWise and in the DR and in the ARO and all these other things that we're doing calls us to be people who are filled with compassion. It calls us to be people who are actively on mission, not passive. To actively share the gospel as we embody what it means to love God and love people. It moves us actively into our roles. Remember last week I talked about Archippus. It's kind of how I ended last week. And Paul's writing to, it's this whole list of credits to people, right? To Archippus. He said, finally turns to him and he says, see to it that you have received in the Lord this ministry and that you would fulfill it. That the ministry that you've received in the Lord, that you fulfill it. And it's this idea that, that all of us have a call, all of us have a, a mandate that if we're, we're living into who God calls us to be, that he didn't create you by accident, Right? They created intentionally. And my deepest part, desire for you is that you might know God, experience the love of God, and be equipped to go and tell others about what he's done. And so over this next year, as we celebrate all that God's done, as we, as we, as we work to embody what it looks like to love God and to love 
people and to make disciples and our core values and living these out. He tells us this, that you're God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared for you in advance to do. Some of you today are thinking, okay, I do not embody these things. I don't even know what it's going to take. I'm so far removed from this. Um, but again, as I said, it's less about, about you doing it, more about just allowing God's space in your life to do it, in the, in the things that you fill your mind in and the surrendering daily to him. That just as you just take the baby step each and every day, that he will live you, he will allow, lead you into a more sanctified life, a more life of holiness, more like him. And I love Ephesians 2.10 here. You are God's handiwork. This is a reminder to you today. Created in Christ to do good works as he prepared for you in advance. God's handiwork means that you were intentionally created to, out of his love for you. Which means that if you feel like you're far off, he's got something prepared for you in advance that he's waiting on you to respond to. The ministry that is before you, will you receive it? He reminds us that we are created in Christ on purpose for good works. My prayer today, my question to you today, do you know your identity? Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know whose you are? Do you know that God sees you as handiwork? You know, it's a tragedy because I shared with you last week, 87% of the people, 80% of uh, church, churchgoers don't know their purpose, don't know their design, don't know why they're here. Like, well, I wasn't meant to be you know, a teacher or a musician, so I guess there's no place for me in the church because that's where we kind of see it lived out. Or it leads to paralysis because we just don't know how God wired us. And, and maybe we do, but we don't know how that fits into his story, how that fits into his kingdom. I'm here to remind you that you were, perp- you were created with purpose and intentionality today. And my summer project my summer project was uh, wrestling with these questions here. It's to answer these questions. It became apparent that um, there was no just there was no clear next step for someone when they came into church here. That uh, we give them a menu of options, but but, but we want to be able to be clear in, 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 in working people through what does it look like to discover God's handiwork, that, that it's for you to be a piece of God's handiwork and to, to know what that looks like in your life. And so in October, we're going to start the growth track. And the growth track will, be, will take place the first, second, and third Sunday in the first, second, and third Wednesday of every month. My desire for you, and I want to explain what it is, is that in the first week, 
you'll learn the story. Of God's story for you, you'll learn the um, story of Napnaz. We'll, talk, we'll remind ourselves where we've been. We'll, learn, we'll talk a little bit more about our core values and, and, and what that looks like lived out. And at the end of the three weeks, if you're not already a member, this will serve as membership class. But that's not the point. The point is for, for, for you to, to come hear the story, to learn the story of what God's done here in this church, the ins and outs, how, how our government structure, the internal structure works here at church. To come and learn. Week two is where we dive into the details of your personality. We discover your gifts. We, we talk about you a lot and we, we, we wrestle through, hey, here's, here's the church, right? Um, but how are you designed? And we know that, that, that uh, your passions, your experiences, and uh, your pain, the things you've walked through in life, have a lot to do with who you are. And so we, take a, we, we spend some time just working through that. There's some uh, a spiritual gifts uh, assessment and a, uh, uh, a personality assessment. And we just have some fun with it. Where we just talk about, hey, how'd God design you? And what are the things that, 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 that intrigue you or, or that, that just drive you, right? Because the reality is some of us are just, um, we're all wired differently. And it's, it's, it's only when we understand how each other are wired that we can, um, that we, that we can best live out being the body of Christ. And so spiritual gifts like... Uh, Obviously, the, the teaching and, and, or the shepherding and the pastoring, but also like the intercessors and, 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 um, and, and those who are, who are just, they're just mercy people or just helps people. And just these assessments are designed to, uh, to just pull out, hey, what's on your heart? And, and, and uh, how did God design you? Because we know that design reveals destiny. That it wasn't until I realized who I was in Christ that all of these things started opening up for me. That's like, oh man, I guess this is, this is what I'm called to do and to be. And it was hard. It was hard work. Don't come here if you're just, if, if you think this is three weeks and then you can just walk away and nothing, the Lord won't ask anything of you. This is not what this class is about. This class is to take those who have been walking with the Lord faithfully for 40 plus years and to say, hey, Let's just reset. Let's just see where God, what God's doing in your life. This is, um, this is to take those who might be new in the faith and to say, hey, here's how to, um, here's, what, here's God's design for you and here's what it looks like. And then it's, it's also meant to take those who are just, hey, I've been coming here for, it's just time for me to get plugged in more. What does this look like? So we can walk 432 people through this because there are 18, 18 um, spots available per class. Over the next 12 months, my desire, my only desire for you, not only, is to become more like Christ. But this growth track will help with that. Because step three, the week three, Ephesians 2 tells us that we are created to make a difference. We are created in Christ to make a difference, and we are created for good works. And this is where we share what it means to make a difference here at NAPNAS. We talk about all the different ministry teams that we have here. Did you know we have a, a care ministry that, that writes cards and that prays for people? And we have a meals ministry for uh, a meal team that, that, that sends um, meals out when people are in need. And that we have, like, learn more about what it looks like to, to be part of our first impressions team, our hospitality and our check-in process and how these things work and how um, we pr- our, my prayer is that I know that you're going to be inspired and that you're going to be encouraged and strengthened and, um, 
And if our desire is for you to take your next step in Christ, um, my, my prayer is that you would commit three hours out of this next year to this. To learn what this looks like. I'm passionate about this because it's my calling. You see, I know leading a church means that I'm called to equip. I want to close with this. Ephesians 4, 12 and 13. My call in ministry is to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is what maturity looks like. This is what I'm asking you to dedicate three hours because I'm called to equip you, to give you the tools, to serve, to go out, to make a difference. We're created for good works. He prepared for us in advance how we were designed to make these good works happen so that we might be mature, we might know who we are in Christ, our identity might be fully forged. We might have knowledge of the Son of God. And so today, as we work to embody what it looks like to be a people who worship and connect and serve, to give of ourselves more fully to God by surrendering to him daily, opening ourselves up to him. And as he transforms our heart, our posture turns outward as we love others the way that he first loved us and we, we make a difference. We make disciples. We share Christ. So if you go on napnaz.church right now, the first button there is a sign up to register for this. There's, my prayer for you is that maybe it's not till February that you want to take this class but to hear what the Lord has done here, to understand what it means to be part of this family, to discover who God made you to be. Together we do this. And then to know where you fit in in the kingdom of God, what this looks like. We're not just doing this because we need more people to do the things. We do this because we're all longing for purpose and identity. We have a culture telling us what we have to become and what we have to do and ascribe to. And we allow culture to dictate that more than Christ. And, and what, this, what this growth track does is it leads us more into the unity of the faith, the knowledge of God. It matures us. It puts us in a direction to know Christ more and to know how I can be put in motion to live into these core values, to live into who I am in Christ. And so Brittany's gonna come up in a minute, but I wanna pray for us today.
Just thank the Lord for all he's done. Father, I thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that our next steps in you, Lord, would lead to transformation, that this is a unique Sunday. But Lord, as we t- press pause and we reflect on where we've been, as we talk about our core values and what it means to embody those things, in our lives, not just that they're words, Lord, but like what, it, what does it look like to embody these things, Father? That, Lord, we make ourselves available to you to become more like you in each and every way. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for all that you've done, all that you continue to do, Father. Today, every Sunday, every week, Lord, you have been faithful. May we keep our eyes fixed on you. We want to be a people who are ready to move when they see you move. Lord, and and, and that happens when we know whose we are, when we know how we're wired, how you've created us, that we can see the ministry before us. We can live into it more fully for you. Lord, celebrate all that you've done, all that you continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen. It's wonderful to be together this morning. We wanted to do announcements at this point in the service intentionally to follow up what Pastor Ben just laid out for us. And it's so wonderful to see how the Lord has moved in this church over the years. And it's exciting for for Dave and I as newbies to, to learn and hear about those stories. And when we were discerning on whether to come to Napnaz or not, we, we began to seek counsel. And I remember one of our, our wonderful mentors said, go where the Lord is. And it became very clear that the Lord is in this place that the Lord is moving in and through his people, through you here at NAPNAS. And so we celebrate that, like Ben said, but there's still work to be done. And so we're gonna partner with him. We have an opportunity to partner with the Lord and what he's doing and what he's stirring and what he's moving in and through this place. And so one of the ways that, that you can be a partner with us in is to register for Growth Track. Ben already talked about, you can go to our website and sign up that way. Or if you're feeling fancy and you have a smartphone, download the Church Center app and you'll find it on there as well. And I'll be uh, at the Connection Center after service if you need help or assistance with that. Another way to partner in what the Lord is doing is to come to a Wednesday night. Oh my goodness, Dave and I just had our first Wednesday night experience this last week. It was wonderful. And you know what? We didn't lead a single thing. All we did was show up and talk to people, and it was incredible. And so maybe you want to help with kids or youth, or if you want to attend the marriage class, that would be a space for you. But if you just want to come and be and connect and talk, what a wonderful opportunity Wednesday night is for you to do that. If you have a bulletin, you'll find some other steps on ways to worship, connect, and serve. And then, and then lastly, before we close our time together, one of the ways 
that we embody Worship Connect serve is through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. Your gifts help make our mission possible. Your gifts help make going and making disciples possible in this place and in the community and then around the world in the DR as you heard. Did you guys, have you ever stopped to think that the Lord doesn't need our money? Like, it's not like we give our money and then he's up in heaven going shopping for some new Air Jordans, right? Like, that's not how it works. He doesn't need our money. He wants our heart. He wants us to be a people of generosity, to reflect him and his goodness because he's been generous to us. And so we extend that out then to others. And so around this place, there are several ways you can give. You can give online. You can give in the the donation boxes in the back of the sanctuary. But no matter what, I would ask that you make your, your giving a matter of prayer. Whether it's 10%, 2%, 80%, what's the Lord stirring within you in your, in, in your finances, in your giving? Are we being a generous people the way he has been generous to us? At this time, I'd invite you to stand as we reflect and then respond in worship together this morning. We lift our hearts this morning. There's nothing that our God can't do, amen? So maybe for some of us today, that's just the first step of asking him to make us more like Jesus. There is nothing that God can't do. Just one word. You calm the storm that surrounds me Just one word The darkness has to retreat Just one touch I feel the presence of heaven Just one touch My eyes were open to my heart can't help but believe There's nothing that our God can't do There's not a mountain that He can't move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that our God can't do 
greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. of His Spirit. Amen? A God that can do anything when we just give ourselves to Him in worship, trusting Him to connect us with others, and going into the world to serve His great name. For God is good. And all the time, go then in the strength and the power and the mercy and the love of our Lord Jesus, the one that can move mountains. God bless you all. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.